Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please, put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened, before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also, until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent, so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrists weighing ten shekels of gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahar. We have both straw and feet enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass, 
when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebecca saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told about my errand. Speak on. I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him he has given all that he has. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way, and you shall take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family, for if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water. And it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please, give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down to the well and drew water. And I said to her, Please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milka bore to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists, and I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go, and let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass, when Abraham's servant heard their words, that he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. And he and the man who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that she may go. Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away, so that I may go to my master. We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? I will go. So they sent away Rebekah, their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, 
Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands. And may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Then Rebecca and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Bealahiroi, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself, and the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. What a beautiful story of the finding a bride for Isaac. In our journey through Genesis, the man named Abraham is entered into covenant with God at God's initiation and was promised that through him would come a nation of people that would bless the world. In that nation would be a seed, which of course we understand is Jesus, that would bless the world. Abraham is approaching death and his son doesn't have a wife. There's no grandchildren coming from the promised seed. So Abraham gets with the program. His son is around 40 years old at this time. His wife Sarah has died and he uh, recruits his oldest servant to go and find him a bride from his homeland. It is believed that this servant is Eliezer, the man that was going to be his heir if Isaac hadn't been born, the man to whom he entrusted everything. This story is a beautiful picture of our redemption. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this story, metaphorically speaking. The Father, of course, is represented by Abraham. The Son is represented by Isaac the miracle son, the son that already acted out what Jesus would do in being offered up on a mountain. And the Holy Spirit is seen in the character of the servant. Uh, if he is Eliezer, his name means God is my helper. And Jesus declared the Holy Spirit would come and help us. He would be our helper. He would be our comforter. And so the helper goes into the world to find a bride for the Son. It's a beautiful picture. The Holy Spirit's in the earth today, convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment, preparing us to be that bride of Christ for the Son of the Father. Great story. Let's look at the story right quick here in chapter 24 of Genesis, verse 1. Abraham was old, well advanced in age. Oh, yeah, he's around 140. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. He was rich in everything but youth. He was old. And he said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh. Now this is a weird custom. It's something to do with making an oath. We would put our hand on the Bible 
to swear, to tell nothing but the truth, the whole truth. So help me God in a court of law. And so he tells him what he wants him to swear before he has him put his hand under his thigh. So while he's talking, the servant isn't standing there with his hand on Abraham's leg. He said, I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. He didn't want Isaac to marry a daughter of the Canaanites because they were a wicked people and they were a people that were going to be displaced by his descendants. And so if Isaac had married a Canaanite, he would no doubt be an heir of the Canaanites and would, would get the land that way. And that's not the Lord's way. The Lord was going to give them the land through conquest and not through marrying, intermarrying with those that do not believe in the one true God. He said, you shall go to my country. That's the country he called them out of. To my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Now we saw at the end of chapter 22, he had a brother who had a son named Bethuel, and Bethuel had a daughter named Rebekah, and that is going to be the lady in our story today. The servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, Beware, you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family who spoke to me and swore to me saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. So you're going to get a wife. Don't take my son there. I don't want him staying there and not fulfilling the promise that God has given our family which is this land where we are. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you'll be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter, I promise to go and get a bride for your son. The servant then took 10 of Abraham's camels, remember that, and departed. All his master's goods were in his hand. He arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. So these camels are loaded down with Abraham's treasures. And he goes to the city of Nahor, which is the name of the brother of Abraham, who had a son named Bethuel, who had a daughter named Rebekah. So technically, Abraham is the great uncle of this woman who's going to become his daughter-in-law. She's actually the second cousin of Isaac. Yep, kind of like Arkansas. The family tree didn't branch very much. He made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Now, this was quite a trek, over 450 miles from where Abraham sent him to where he sent him. From the land that would become Israel to the land where Abraham's family was. Took, no doubt, a month or more to get there with this caravan of ten camels and all of these treasures. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time when women go out to draw water. Women don't go draw water at noonday. 
Remember that story, the woman at the well? Because of the shame that was on her, she went when other women weren't getting water. You go when it's cool if you're going to carry water. It's hard work early in the morning or in the cool of the day in the evening. Then he said, the servant prays, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. I want to be successful. Please give me success. He recognizes that if he's successful in this journey, God's the one that will do it. He said, Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So I'm going to ask the potential bride for a drink. If she gives me a drink and offers to water these ten camels, that would be a lot of work. There's something special about her. Let her be the one to do this. By this I'll know that she's the one. You've shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking. He wasn't even done praying. Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor. So Bethuel had a mama named Milcah who had babies with Nahor, who was Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Women of that day would carry their pitchers on their shoulders. They carried about three gallons of water. So this was work. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. So she stooped down, maybe went down a, a path or some steps to where the well was to draw up water. She filled her pitcher. And when she came up to where the servant was, he ran to meet her and said, please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. Please, can I have just a morsel? She said, drink, my Lord. So she honored this servant, even though she was a person that had servants. She was respectful. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand. So she took it off her shoulder and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw waters for your camels also. And she didn't stop there. That, that was his prayer, right? She said, I'll draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Now, in my research, a camel can drink up to 32 gallons of water. In 13 minutes, they can drink up to 32 gallons of water if they're really thirsty. So we don't know how thirsty the camels were, but this possibly was over 300 gallons of water this gal had to lug up from the well to pull up on a rope or however she got it to water these things. And no doubt more water than that because she didn't give them water from her jug. She poured it into a trough where they would get water. And so this gal was a hardworking young woman. Very impressive. Not only was she beautiful, she was pure. Not only was she pure, she 
was hardworking. She was generous, sacrificial, took time out of her day to do something she hadn't planned on doing. She quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels, all ten of them. The man wondering at her remained silent to see if she finished the job, no doubt, so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring, weighing half a shekel, and two bracelets for her wrist, weighing ten shekels, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? She said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. So not only has she given him his camels water to drink, she's going to give them food. Little did she know, these camels were going to become hers. <laughs> she was going to ride them to her prince, her husband. The man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord and said, Blessed be the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So this angelic presence led him to the right place to find this gal. And she identifies herself, and this is from the family that they knew about. No doubt they had heard about her. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household all these things. Now Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man by the well. He will learn in the story as we continue through Genesis he was kind of greedy. He saw the nose ring and the bracelets. He got excited and heard about the camels and the treasures. So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist that he heard the words of his sister, Rebekah, saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels." So this is a very helpful brother. Then the man came into the house. He unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men that were with him. So they're not just going to feed the servant, but the servant had all these attendants that came with him on the journey. Somebody's got to help take care of 10 camels. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I've told about my errand. And he said, speak on. So he tells them the story. He tells them about the prayer. He tells them how Rebecca responded to his request for a drink of water. He told them about the oath and that he has come to pursue a bride for his master's son. Let her be the woman. Before I finish speaking, Rebecca came with a pitcher on her shoulder. She made haste. She hurried to give me a drink. And then she watered my camels also until they were full. He even tells them, I worship the Lord. And then verse 49, he says, Now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right or to the left. I'll do something different if you guys don't agree to her becoming the bride of my master's son. Laban, that's her brother, and Bethuel, that's her father, 
Abraham's nephew, and Laban, his great-nephew, answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you, either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go, and let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. Now, this is what we call an arranged marriage. It seems detestable to us in our culture that parents would have a hand in who their child marries, that it would be almost a business arrangement, that um, there'd be no dating process. But I tell you what, the places in the world where this is the custom, they do not have the divorce problem that we have in this country. So let's not be too quick to be judgmental or harsh on it. In our culture, we want to fall in love first, and then we want to get married to the person we love, and hopefully we'll love that person from now on. And so many people get divorced because they say they fell out of love. But here the biblical picture is you make the covenant through the influence and leadership of your family, and then you grow to love that person. And it works. So that's not my point in talking today, just comparing the cultures of the world with our own that has its problems. Can I get an amen? So it came to pass when Abraham's servants heard their words that he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the ground. Verse 53, Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. So this gal gets blessed for being generous. Not only is she going to get a husband, she's going to get rich on top of what she already has in her possession. And then, of course, the dowry is paid to her family. Now, we, again, in this culture, look down on the custom of dowry, but let me help you understand. It's not a bad thing. If you pay the dowry for a bride, it's not that you're, you're paying for another human being, but that you're, it's basically like a security deposit so that if you die or you divorce her or you run off and leave her destitute, she goes home to her family and they have resources from you to help her get back on her feet again. So it's not a bad thing compared to what happens in our culture. So many spouses abandon their husbands or abandon their wives and rip them off financially and leave them with lots of problems, and then the family's overburdened. This, this custom is for the benefit of the wife. Verse 54, And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. They arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. This guy was ready to do business. Now let's go back home. Got a long journey home, over a month probably to make it the 450-plus mile journey. But her brother Laban and her mother said, let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least 10. After that, she may go. He said to them, do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. So they said, we'll call the young woman and ask her personally. Now it appears Rebecca gets choice. They called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I'll go. So she agreed to marry Isaac. And she agreed to leave the next day. 
So they sent Rebekah away, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. They blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. May you be the mother of millions. You have many descendants. And may they be victorious over their enemies. Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So she could have had up to 10 people helping her, and everybody had camels to ride on. Well, I guess they would have to double up if there was 10 of them. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. But Isaac was on a journey as well. He came from the way of Beer Lahiroi. That's the well where Ishmael's mother, Hagar, had the revelation that God is El Roy. He's a God who sees. For he dwelt in the south. And he went out to meditate in the field in the evening. Now this Hebrew word for meditate is translated prayer in other places. So he's out having time with the Lord in the field in the evening and he lifted up his eyes and looked and there the camels were coming. A few years ago, Joseph Garlington preached for us and he preached this story and Joseph is a pastor in Pittsburgh, an African-American bishop and he travels with a musician named Clarence and Clarence provides sound effects on a piano to his preaching. It's almost like a movie to hear him preach. And they come up with new songs in the middle of sermons that you've never heard before. And the high point of this sermon was, the camels are coming, the camels are coming. And so he declared to us to put our trust in the Lord, that blessings are on their way. We don't quit. Let's be faithful and well-doing. For a due season we'll reap if we faint not, because the camels are coming. Then Rebecca sees him. She lifts up her eyes. She saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. When I was a kid, growing up, we went to a King James-only church. And the King James, I think, says, she lit off her camel. So the church joke was, this is the first mention of cigarettes in the Bible. Rebecca saw Isaac and she lit off the camel. I'm glad the new King James corrected it. She dismounted from the camel she was riding on. For she had said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. This is here comes the bride kind of times. And the servant told Isaac all the things he had done. So Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. The alpha woman had passed. And her tent was there empty, waiting on a new alpha woman, which would be Rebecca, in this household. He took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. I'm sure they had some conversation before they consummated their marriage. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Here again, let me remind you, this is a picture of the church. The Lord is preparing the church to be taken to the marriage supper of the Lamb, to be united with the Lord Jesus Christ, our groom. He gave his life for us. He paid the dowry. 
He paid the price to bring unsearchable riches on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit is working on our behalf to make us ready to equip us for ministry, to purify us, to cleanse us from sin, to get us ready for that glorious day. Human history, as the Bible records it, begins with a wedding when God the Creator brings the first woman to the first man. And he fully receives her as God's blessing. He says, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And history, as the Bible predicts it, will end with a wedding when the church is reunited or united with the groom through the work of the Holy Spirit. In a wedding, there's the bringing of the bride. Traditionally, a father will bring the bride to the groom. It goes all the way back to the beginning when God brought the first woman to the first man. And it it, it ends like that when the Holy Spirit will bring us to the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, who began his earthly ministry of miracles at a wedding by turning water into wine. More than one of his parables had to do with weddings. So this is an awesome opportunity to talk about weddings or talk about marriage. And so because of a limitation of time, I'm just going to talk about marriage for the next few minutes. Let's get real practical. How to find a mate for marriage. Can we say mate together? Mate. How to find a mate for marriage. The first principle, if you're single, is to allow God-fearing parental involvement. You need people in authority in your life to be involved in determining whether or not a person is a potential mate for you, be it husband or wife. Abraham was old, well-advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. No doubt Isaac knew about what his father was going to do And he didn't protest and say, well, Dad, how dare you? I want to choose who I marry. How dare you do this? He didn't protest. And he was blessed in the long run for allowing parental involvement. Now, Abraham was a God-fearing man. He was a man of faith. Maybe your parents are not God-fearing, and they'll just marry off to anybody. So keep in mind this statement is, allow God-fearing leadership involvement in your life. Next point, trust in faithful people with high standards to have a part in your journey of finding who you're going to marry. Abraham said to the servant of his house, the oldest one, who ruled over all he had, he said, please put your hand under my thigh. I'll make you swear by the Lord God of heaven and the God of the earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country, to my family, and take a wife for my son. So Abraham did not recruit just anybody. He recruited a very faithful man to be involved in finding a bride for his son. And in so doing, this person and us in finding a bride or finding a groom, we must depend on the Lord for his guidance. Abraham said that the God who took him from the land of his family swore to him that he would give the sentence to this land. He will send his angel before you, and you should take a wife 
for my son from there. So Eliezer, if that was his name, depended on the Lord for his help, which is what Eliezer means. God is my help. Pray to God for his help. Don't just have an attitude of dependence, but actually verbalize your dependence to the Lord. When they, when they found the place where the bride was going to come, he prayed, O God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. It is not selfish to pray for a mate. It is not selfish to ask God for his help. You don't marry just anybody. You, you keep your standards high and you pray and ask God to confirm his will for your life. And in so doing, you look for moral purity and a heart to serve. Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. So she had a heart to serve. She's, even though they had servants, she's helping out with the chores getting water in the cool of the day. The damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin. She was pure. Neither had any man known her. She went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. You don't want to marry just anybody. You want somebody that's walking in integrity and purity. You're talking about the rest of your life. You're talking about a fellow parent of your children. Next point. Notice generosity that exceeds minimums. Notice generosity that exceeds minimums. It was generous to give a man a drink of water. She could have said, get it yourself. But she didn't. Drink, my master, she said when he asked her. She hurried and let her jar down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she'd finished giving him a drink, she said, let me draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. I'm going to draw water till those big guys stop. She hurried and emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the fountain to draw water, and drew for all his camels. Multiple trips from the source of water to the trough. So she went beyond the call of duty. She was generous. She was kind. No doubt she liked animals. If you're an animal person, don't marry somebody that hates animals. That's just, I don't care how good they look or, you know, how recommended they come to you. If they don't like animals, and you do, you're going to have conflict. So uh, Isaac, inheriting his father's wealth, was a, a rancher deluxe with cattle and sheep and camels and donkeys, so she would fit right into this household. Worship the Lord at every step. Lord, I thank you I've not married the wrong person. You know, there's one thing worse than being single wishing you were married. It's being married wishing you were single. That is miserable. I don't know it by experience, but I know of certain situations. The man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord and said, Blessed be the God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. So we're, it's, a, it's a walk of prayer and worship. Communion with God. Remember Isaac was communing with the Lord, meditating in the field in the evening of the day. 
When you're single, you've got more time for the Lord. Take advantage of the freedom you have and draw near to God. Meet the family and the whole household. So the servant met the mother's household, the brother Laban. And we saw later he also met Bethuel when he gave up the dowry. Start arrangements after parents approve. Don't ask someone to marry you and already start making plans without the parental blessing. Give respect. These are your future in-laws. Why do you want to start controversy right out of the chute? Slow down. And they asked Rebecca, will you go with this man? And she agreed. In the meantime, in your singleness, watch and pray. In your marriage, watch and pray. Pray the Lord will make you the mate that your spouse needs, the wife your husband needs, or the husband your wife needs. Now Isaac came from the way of Berlehiroi, and he dwelt in the south, which was the Negev Desert. Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. He was praying, communing with the Lord. He lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. In your time of communing with the Lord, you'll be growing spiritually. That's 10 points on how to find a mate for marriage. What does that have to do with me? You may be thinking, my life is a huge mess. I don't fit into any of those 10 things. Let's pause for a minute. The Lord Jesus Christ, our groom-to-be, pursued a woman at a well. Not in the cool of the day, but in the heat of the day. A woman with shame on her. A well that was outside of town that had a well in the town. She didn't dare go to that one. A woman who had had five failed marriages and was shacking up with somebody that she wasn't married to. Did the Lord condemn her? No, he let her know that he knew her situation and he gave her love and gave her respect. And if you read the story as a whole, you see that he was drawing her to a place of repentance. So we all get to be a part of this kind of story in our relationship with the Lord. He asked her, he asked this woman for a drink. She didn't offer to do it and water his camels, not that he had any camels. She protested and said, why do you ask me to drink? I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. She brought up uh, racial issues. She brought up religious issues. And yet the Lord continued to minister to her because he was the Messiah of the world. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for every person here. I pray, Lord, for those that are looking for a maid. I pray, Lord, that you would slow them down. Lord, may they do things a godly way. And, Lord, I pray for these people under the sound of my voice who are watching this online who maybe had a maid and things just shipwrecked and, and they're depressed. Help them to see, Lord, they now have a space in their life that you can fill, that they can get to know you like never before that they can be used mightily by you. This woman was 
an incredible influence to her community. The Lord spent three days there because of her. And it was a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 8, no doubt, because of her in Samaria. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help each person who's heard this message today to see their part in it. That, Lord, they would rely on you, the Holy Spirit, to make us the kind of people you want in your bride. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that you take us like we are and you use us for your glory. Amen. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. And things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again. You cause your sun to
so much for joining us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord God Almighty cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Go get them, tigers, and become that mate the Lord wants you to be. In Jesus' name, amen.